Hello, and welcome to Leadership Lessons for Sports Managers, a podcast that discusses how popular leadership books connect to leadership theories and how sport managers could use these lessons in the books for their personal and professional lives. This is Brenna Fink coming at you with all the information that you need to know about leadership, thanks to Simon Sinek. Today, I want to talk about leadership and what leadership means, what leadership looks like, and how we can transfer that leadership into our personal and professional lives. So not only using it for sports, not only using it for business, but using it for a multitude of things. So I want to start off by giving you guys a little bit of a background of myself and my history with learning about leadership. So prior to coming to Illinois State, I attended Murray State University, and I got my undergraduate degree in organizational communication with minors in marketing and sports communication. While attending MSU, I also was a four-year member and starter for the Racer softball team. Throughout my time, I've been very fortunate to have experienced um, leadership from a multitude of people, a multitude of um, positions. I've been in the player position. Now I'm more into the coach role. So being able to experience all the different types of leadership um, from role to role has been a great experience for me. I was recommended to read the book that I did by not only my boss here, my head coach, Melinda Fisher, I was also recommended from my coach at Murray State and my mother. So the book that I chose to read was Leaders Eat Last, and this book was by Simon Sinek. Uh, The most powerful thing I found in this book was actually found on the first page of the book. So I opened the cover, and this is what I had found. And it says, leaders are the ones who run headfirst into the unknown. They put their own interests aside to protect us or to pull us into the future. Leaders would sooner sacrifice what is theirs to save what is ours, and they would never sacrifice what is ours to save what is theirs. This is what it means to be a leader. It means they choose to go first into danger, head first towards the unknown, and when we feel sure that they can keep us safe, we will march behind them and work tirelessly to see their visions come to life and proudly call ourselves their followers. So to me, this is a very moving Um, description of what a leader is and it immediately caught my eye and made me want to keep reading. Then later on in the book, Sinek continues to talk about leadership and what it means and he said, leadership is the choice to serve others with or without any formal rank. There are people with authority who are not leaders and there are people at the bottom rugs of an organization who most certainly are leaders. It's okay for leaders to enjoy all the perks afforded to them. However, They must be willing to give up those perks when it matters most. Simon Sinek did a great job of finding real-life stories of real-life leaders who are leading their people in the best way they possibly can. And honestly, a lot of these leaders are not in leadership roles, but they take on that responsibility because they have care for the people who they're working with. So let's dive into our first story. On a crappy night in Afghanistan... Johnny Bravo, otherwise known as Mike Drowley, Captain Mike Drowley, risked his life so that his men on the ground could survive. So Johnny Bravo was a pilot in the armed forces, and he was in the sky at the time overlooking his troops on the ground. He was ready if they needed extra help, if they were to come in contact with troops. And so he had a real eerie feeling that night, and he knew that something just was not right. And all of a sudden, he heard troops in contact, which means that there are enemies on the ground. So he knew that he had to get through 
this wall of clouds to be able to save his guys on the ground. And typically whenever this happens, that the weather does not permit an easy clearance to the clouds. So it makes it very difficult on the plane and it's the plane's not made for comfort. It's made for war, right? So Johnny Bravo was putting his life into danger whenever he was pushing through these clouds to go save his guys. Luckily, it all worked out. His guys were safe. He got the enemies. He's, they uh, told him on the ground to keep it coming, keep it coming, that they had more good hits. And luckily, he saved his troops that night, and Johnny Bravo was also able to survive. He said that he did not want the feeling of knowing that he could have done something and then allowing his men to die, yet Johnny Bravo could go home a living man. So that's the essence of what leadership is, is caring about somebody else before your own needs. So the reason Sinek tells this story is that Captain Mike Drowley had empathy that night. He had the emotional intelligence to be aware of other people's emotions and understand that he needed to put himself last compared to his troops on the ground because they were the ones in need and they were the ones whose lives were in danger. So he knew that he had to do something. He was emotionally intelligent enough to risk his life to save others. In chapter six, it's labeled EDSO, which stands for endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. And the heading on this first paragraph says, without selfish chemicals, we would starve to death. So not only are we talking about leadership and what it means and what it looks like, but we're also talking about the human needs and the human or the chemicals that are in the human body that makes us feel that belonging, that makes us feel um, trustworthy of a leader, that makes us feel empathy, um, makes us feel good, makes us feel like we're a part of something. So it's very interesting when he's connecting these chemicals to our needs and how leaders meet those needs. So we're starting with endorphins. So that runner's high, um, the only purpose of it is really to mask physical pain. So it's almost like a personal opioid. And that's how Sinek references it in his book. And it's that feeling of euphoria that people get um, during a hard workout or um, after accomplishing something. It's the reason why we feel good after um, exercise, really. And it has to do with our survival. Um, Way, way, way back in the day, there were cavemen. And the chemical of them feeling good came from um, being able to survive, having that endurance, um, being able to track animals over a long distance was important in them eating because they had to hunt to find food. So being able to withstand hunting for hours and hours on end to make sure that not only they had food, but so did um, their people was very important. So that is one reason why our body created um, that chemical so that we were able to um, want to keep chasing that high of wanting to survive. Then we have our D, which is the dopamine. And that is what gives us incentive to keep going, to reach that goal, to make progress. It's the reason why we feel good whenever we check that to-do list off. It's the reason why we want to continue to achieve those goals and reach new heights. So like we talked about the cavemen way, way back when, in order for 
people to want to continue hunting, to want to continue to have food, they needed to have something to give them incentive. Not only um, people who are hungry, but something within yourself that was producing a chemical that wanted you to keep going, and that was dopamine. So now that we just discussed our selfish chemicals, endorphins and dopamine, we're going to move over to our selfless uh, chemicals, which are serotonin and oxytocin, so the EDSO. So serotonin is the chemical that Sinek refers to as the leadership chemical. So it's a chemical that rushes through our body when we feel um, good, when it makes us feel appreciated, when we feel proud. Um, it makes us also feel the weight of responsibility when others commit their time and energy to us. So that's why we have things like graduation. That's why we have things like award ceremonies and um, different types of certificates and things like that. It helps boost that serotonin in our bodies to make us feel good. And so it gives us the support. It gives us that sense of responsibility and we want to do right by, that, by those people who do support us and um, do have responsibility to us. And so that's what that serotonin is pumping through us. So now we're going to move on to the oxytocin, which is the chemical love, according to Sinek. <laughs> and so he was saying that typically this is the one that's uh, most thought of and the favorite because it's a feeling of friendship or the trust or the love for other people. So this is super important in leadership because you need to be able to trust somebody and not all leaders are going to be friends and not all leaders are going to be loves, but it is important to be able to trust your leaders. You need to be able to have that feeling of, oh, I believe what they're saying. I trust what they're saying. I'm going to follow them to the depths of the earth. And that's why in the military, it is so important that they have that trust and that they're able to build that trust from their leaders because they're literally going to war with one another. So you have to be able to look to your left and look to your right and say, you know what? I trust these guys. I trust them with my life. I know that they're going to get me home safely. So why are we talking about endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin? Because it has everything to do with what motivates us as human beings. And a good leader is able to get all of those chemicals flowing in a person to lead them the way that they want to be led. So it's not just, we weren't just having a biology lesson here. It was we're talking about something that's truly at the root of the human existence. What drives us as people and what motivates us, how leaders motivate us, are from those four things. So these different chemicals are super essential in understanding why we do the things that we do and who we follow, who we follow. So that is why Sinek thought it was so important that we touch on this topic with leadership because it is at the root of motivation. Now that we've understood what the chemicals are and what they do and how they correlate with motivation and how leaders motivate us, we're going to talk a little bit about an example of leadership and how those chemicals affect these people. So Jack Welch is the owner of GE, and he had the type of culture where um, personality and values really didn't matter and it really set the tone for the rest of the culture of the company and this guy he has leadership books out there and only his face is on it and he's the only one credited 
for those books. So we look at him, and they're really driven, number-based. Um, the people at GE were pitted against each other, and the thrills of the dopamine achievement were there, and they were capped off with the sh- selfish love of the serotonin-fueled status. You know, they had that status. They felt superior to other people. And then being number one was all that mattered to them. You know, they just wanted to be on top. They wanted to know that they were better than everyone else. And the oxytocin was just out the window. And then on the other hand, we have James Senegal, who was the co-founder of Costco. And he ran his company the exact opposite of how Welch did. He actually believed in a balanced culture and that looking after people, his employees, his workers, his co-workers were important to him. And so rather than caring about those numbers and rather than caring about what everyone thought about him, he really took the time to understand who was working for him and made sure that they knew that he was grateful and thankful and really appreciated what they were doing for him. So you have these two opposites. And the stats are actually very interesting because in the book there's a graph and it shows from 1986 all the way up until 2010 the growth and how it increased over time. So we look at GE and it's pretty much a roller coaster. So from 1986 up to 2000s, it's peaked. I think it said it was 1600%. Um was the initial uh, spike that it had. And then it dropped all the way down mid-2000s. It looks around like 2003. Dropped all the way down to 600%. So that was a 1,000% decrease. And then it really just tapers off from there. And it drops back down almost all the way to 2000 or 200%. And then a little jump to 600%. So then we look at Costco. You know, things don't happen overnight. And... James knew that. James knew that it would take time to grow the culture. He couldn't just expect it the next day. He knew that it took time to get to know his people, develop it, and make sure that they also took that and they carried it over and developed it within um, their own store. So in the beginning of 1986, it's the same as GE. And then as we go, there's a steady increase throughout the years. And almost... Let's see, 2010, it's a 1,200%. So it is almost double what GE is in the early 2010s. So Senegal had it right. He knew that in order for his business to be successful, he needed to care about those who were working for him. And that's what made him such a great leader. And that is why Senec used him as an example is because that is what you want in a leader. He, like I said, he knew that you weren't going to see improvements. It's like working out. Whenever you work out for three days, you can't expect to see results. After three months, yeah, you might see some results if it's consistent. But after three days, you can't expect that. That's why James Senegal was such a great leader, is because he took the time to make the culture great. The whole point of Senec's book was making sure that people knew the difference between what made a good leader and what made a bad leader. And that is why he created a story filled with other stories. He wanted to make sure that other people knew what it meant to be a good one, a good leader, and what it meant to be a bad leader. And it's really important to understand 
all that it takes to be a leader. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of emotional intelligence. It's a lot of understanding. And that is the whole point of Sinek's book. And that's why he includes all these stories is he wants people to understand real-life situations and real-life businesses, real-life professions, that these leaders do really make a difference. And it is important that we make sure whoever we are following, whichever leader we are following, it's for the right reasons. And we're making sure that all of those chemical balances that we have are balanced and that they're not imbalanced. We're human beings. We can't expect to be perfect all the time. But we can strive to be the best leaders that we could possibly be. In closing, I wanted to leave you guys with this. A quote from Simon Sinek in his last chapter of the book. It says, leadership is not a license to do less. It is a responsibility to do more. And that's the trouble. Leadership takes work. It takes time and energy. The effects are not always easily measured. And they're not always immediate. Leadership is always a commitment to human beings. Which he's right. Johnny Bravo also mentioned that It takes every second of every day, every day of every week to build up that trust with other people. And you can't just pick and choose what days you want to help people out or what days you want to lead people. It takes every single day for a leader to become a leader by giving their time, by giving their effort, by giving their energy to becoming a true leader. And lastly, he said, leadership True leadership is not the Bayesian of those who want to sit at the top. It is the responsibility of anyone who belongs to the group. Though those with formal rank may have authority to work at a greater scale, each of us has responsibilities to keep the circle of safety strong. We must all start today to do little things for the good of others, one day at a time. Let us all be the leaders we wish we had. And that was the whole point of Sinek's book. He wanted to give people the opportunity to learn information to make them better leaders.